Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Slightly Spiritual Pod. Um, I'm very, very excited today. We have a special guest with us, Katie Wilkes. She's an animal communicator and one of my good friends, as well as someone who's done readings for me, for Tosh, and I'm just very excited. So welcome, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. Good to see you guys. Yeah, Um, we were just yeah, thanks for joining. We were just chatting about when I first met you. So before we got went live, I was trying to remember back, I think it was 2017. And mm-hmm. I had just started working with Rebecca Niziel, who's my life coach or our life coach. And we were doing like events and things. And I bought the aura camera. And so we were reminiscing, which seems like, like not that long ago and also forever ago times a lifetime so times five, but yet like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, that was when I was still doing readings in my apartment. <laughs> People would come over and like sit on the couch. And I was just like, I'm doing like aura photos and I'm a PDO. And it was when I was first starting out. You were like the first people I read for probably back in the day. And you blew my socks off from the day you and I even got into this sort of world together. And I actually, Cindy, I remember looking at you and doing this work because um, you did it all in person. You know, you weren't, you weren't virtual at that time. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I wish I had like the gift similar to what Cindy has, because it was just, it is in a completely, it was like a portal to a different world. And it was so magical and reassuring and comforting and in all the ways to me. So just so, you know, the listeners know, inspiration nation over here. Totally. And sidebar, because we're going to have lots of sidebars today. Sidebar, I always say like those little pings, those little like oh, I wish I could do that. That's usually a clue to what your purpose is. Even though at the time you were probably like not thinking about it at all or that you'd ever, I mean, yeah, you'd want to, but not, didn't see like a path towards it at that moment, right? But that little ping is always that clue, that little inner voice, that whisper. I always tell clients like, pay attention to that. That's like the key to what you're either meant to be doing or your purpose on earth or yada, yada, yada. So- and and sometimes you just don't want to believe it or you think oh that's so inconvenient it's going to take so much work of course it's not but you just never know because the voice can whisper loud and clear I know I know Mm. so Um, the voice can whisper one more sidebar (laughs) is we talk about Lauren the astrologer on here a lot and this is and Katie's how I met her that we met through Katie so if it wasn't for Katie, like, I don't know. It's just like a whole weird, like, so full funny. circle. I know, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I love that, Actually, though. Chicago West Side is a magical place. None of us are there anymore, however. <laughs> Actually, that's so It was true. a connector. Yes, it was a connector. That city and that place and that that time in life was really, um, it was a catapult for me, even in the stage of work that I'm doing now. So yeah. I have to give a lot of gratitude to the, the Midwest. Yeah. So crazy. Okay. So let's back up a second. So you're an animal communicator. So could you explain for our community, what, what is that? Like in a nutshell, what do you do? Yes. Well, first of all, I'll say I didn't even know this was a thing until about a year ago. I knew of course that mediumship was possible. Cindy, what you do um, for human spirits. Um, and I've always, I felt, you know, very strongly about that. But animal communication really is being able to connect with and in some ways hold a conversation between me and an animal's soul. And that animal can be both living here on earth or the animal can be crossed over in spirit. To me, when I read, I actually cannot distinguish the difference between the animal if they're alive or in spirit because the messages come through very, very similarly. And that's something that I was sort of... um, I was really intrigued by that because my mentor uh, and my good friend, Nikki Vasquez had said that as well. And she said, you know, everybody has their own style of animal communication. So I want to make that that clear from the get go that my style may be very different from somebody else's. Some people, when they channel, have their eyes open. Mine are closed the whole time. Some like to be in a very different position of sitting upright, you know, feet on the floor, I like to recline um, on, you know, sort of like a, a surface where I can have my eyes closed and be totally relaxed. So really, it is a dialogue. Um, it's a process of me listening and almost catching. And I know we said whispers a few minutes ago, but these messages that come in, some of them are so subtle. They're whispers. And I and they kind of take me by surprise because they can come in so quickly. 
Others might take a little bit of time to develop if I see it more as an image. Um, primarily, I do get messages through kind of like, you know, when your eyes are closed and you see in your mind's eye, that's what it feels like to me. Occasionally, I will feel things in my body as slight sensations, and sometimes I'll hear words or phrases or sentences come through. So it's a nice, uh, it's a nice buffet, smorgasbord, of <laughs> how I can always, you know, think about how am I going to get the messages because sometimes I can't predict what it's going to be. It's um, it's a combination, sort of like a com combo platter, I guess. But uh, it has blown my world wide open. And I've been practicing since May of 2023, last year. I had to think what year we were in because we are now in 2024. Um, and it, it has really shocked me. I've been very diligent about practicing because I'm so curious. So I do several sessions a week. And, you know, from somebody, and I'll, I'll get into this a little bit later about my career background, it has developed really quickly the more I have put curiosity and interest and um, you know, quote unquote, the work into it. It's, it's completely possible for anybody, which I thought, oh no, you have to be gifted. You know, you have to be born with this. And some people are, but if you're a human, you can do it. If you, if you want to hone the skill, which is an amazing thing. I love that. So what do, I don't know if I want to talk about this now or later, but my first question is like, so what do animals say to you? Or like, why would someone reach out to you for connecting with their or communicating in that dialogue, as you said, like with their pet or their animal? Like, are there certain like events or certain things or topics that you tend to get a lot of requests for? Or is it just, I don't know what they're thinking? Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, a lot of people seek it out for um, if they have lost an animal, a pet, a companion animal, and they want to be reconnected. They want to know a sense of comfort, a sense of, is my animal on the other side okay? Um, do they have advice for me? Is there anything that they want me to know, you know, from the time that they were here on earth versus um, when they're on the other side? So that's one um, that is very sacred to me um, because I, this is the other sort of way of how I got into this work um, it was, I was in a, in a move last year from Chicago to DC, you know, thought I'd planned the whole thing out. My dog was coming with me, 16 year old Westie named Ferguson McGregor. He was kind Ferg. of a, kind of a, kind of a he's, celebrity. He <laughs> is a celebrity sidebar. He's a celebrity. He's super cool. And like, he just like, when he gave you attention, you were just like, oh, Ferg. You're paying attention yeah. to that. As, yeah, a, as a guest, I mean, we yeah, he was just so sweet. So sweet. Yeah, and I think this is a good time to talk about this because, um, you know, I when I lost him, it was it was the time it needed to be. It's not when I wanted it to be, but it was in his soul mm -hmm. contract, I like to say. It was mid-move. I had not found the apartment yet I was living in. We were in an Airbnb, and he went down very quickly and crossed over. Um, yeah, and it, it was a tremendous um stage of shock and trauma and grief and um i also know that the world we live in our society does not recognize losing an animal a companion mm -hmm. animal the same way that we recognize human loss and grief mm -hmm. it is a huge motivator it continues to be a huge motivator for me um because i am still very frustrated you know it's people are expected to sometimes be at work within the next day or two days, or you kind of get the side eye of like, you're still grieving like six months later, a year later. Yes. I mean, this is their soulmate mm -hmm. companionships. They're parts of our family. Um, and so I continuously had sort of like the, the back of my mind was thinking, what can I do to sort of help open this world and be there as a source for people who are going through this deep levels of grief? Um, and I think honestly, I was I had always been communicating and talking with Ferg as an animal communicator without even knowing it. Those unspoken messages, right? The signs that you just know. Okay, you know, you think he's hungry, but he can't say it with his words. But somehow you just know, you turn around and yep, there he is sitting by the, the food bowl and the water dish. And he's trying to tell you something, mom. Um, we could read each other's emotions like the back of our hands. So that is one really big motivator. And it every time I get somebody who says, will you please read or channel or connect into an animal who's passed? It holds a special place in my heart because I've been there. Um, 
And so that is, it, it continues to be something that I want to weave into this work um, the further I carry it along in the journey. And I also think a lot of people, some, some will come to me and say, look, I'm having an issue with my dog. Why are they peeing all over the house? What's up? You know, why do they feel like they have to protect me against my spouse or my partner? Like what mm -hmm. is going through their mind? What's the motivator? And, you know, sometimes I'll do the session and it's kind of like, wow, I feel like I can now see the world differently through my animal's eyes. It is, and they're always, not always, a lot of times they're shocked of, the level of attention of detail that they're, you know, the observancy that your animals in the home or outside the home really know. Uh, I just did a reading last week for, for a friend and I said, you know, one of the messages that her dog had given me was I said, you know, there's chalk on the sidewalk outside or in the driveway and I'm seeing a rope and do you do something outside like in the driveway with a rope? And she goes, oh my God, we play pickleball in the middle of our driveway and there's a rope there and you even got the chalk on the sidewalk. It's like, I, there's no way I could have known that. But the dog sees it. The dog knows to send me the visual image. And, and it's, it is wild, um, you know, sometimes what they're able to communicate that is not a big deal to the humans, but might be a bigger deal to the animals. So it's a variety of reasons. Some people sure are just curious. Um, one of the biggest takeaways for me has been the level of um, sort of connection to see your animal in the same playing field in terms of dignity as a human, mm -hmm. because animals are often not treated with a lot of respect um, that I so wish and others wish that they would be. But yeah, they have feelings, they have emotions, they have opinions, they have a lot of opinions, a lot of side <laughs> eye rolls come through my messages where it's like, oh, what do you think of your animal sibling? And it's kind of like, uh, okay, that one just like, you know, takes all the attention from mom or oh, why can't I ever get the human food? It's, it's hilarious. It's wild. And it is, um, it's really pure and beautiful what these animals are able to connect with me. That's just the animal spirit, pure, very loving. And that's why I love connecting with them in the first place. It's exactly how we want to think of them, right? Like pure, very loving, like what we feel for them. I have, um, a 60 pound standard poodle named Scout, who's my service dog. And I feel like he is a human. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, like yes. I really do. I feel like he is a human being. And I look at my husband and I look at him and we're like, can you just talk to us? Like use words, use human words. And we have to be careful what we say. Cause when we ask him to speak, it's an alert. He'll bark. Um, but it's like so funny sometimes. Um, I'm curious to know from you, and I feel like it's something a lot of our listeners will be curious about is like when you are talking to animals, whether they're on earth side or passed on, like, what is it, what does it feel like or sound like for you? Like, mm -hmm. is it like Cindy where it's, you know, when she's talking to like a past loved one, it's like a variety of different methods of communication. Is it like very direct like I guess what does it look feel sound like for you when you're doing this it's it is I also get a mixture of messages and I will say the first several months even sometimes now there's a lot of doubt in learning the skill I'll say in building the muscle of the skill mm -hmm. because in the beginning I could not distinguish between what mm -hmm. is just my brain like Katie's brain making this up maybe and what is actually a message coming through from the animal? Um, mm -hmm. Because, and that's where I think a lot of people will try this and say, I can't do it. I can't do mm -hmm. it. Well, if you're human and you have intuition, guess what? You can do it because we're all built with that muscle. If you're a human, you have it. It's a matter of if you can flex it and really trust in it. So this work is very, it's, it's vulnerable. Um, because, you know, as I'm practicing, as I'm always, you know, I've read up to I think more than 80, 85 animals at this point. And so I've seen that this is not just a coincidence. Um, but for me, it feels like if I've got my eyes closed, sometimes I will get, um, a visual, almost like when mm -hmm. you're meditating, you see an image mm -hmm. or it's kind of, it's very quick, uh, out of left field. Sometimes it's a scene playing out. Um, the messages have gotten more complex, the more I have practiced and honed this skill. So in the mm -hmm. beginning, the very first dog I, I read was on a workshop with Nikki Vasquez and it was a dog named Pickles. I'll never forget the session. And she said, connect. Oh. Yeah. What? I love the name Pickles for a dog. Like, yes, 
love, love it. And so she said, uh, like connect with this dog for something like three minutes and just see what you get. There was no instruction. And I was sitting here like, what? I, you're not even going to teach us? And she says, no, no, I'll teach us. But I just want to see what you get. And she want, I see why she did this now is because she wanted to see how it is for each person because it can mm -hmm. differ. And I got something like 20, 20 words. We wrote it down in a notebook. And most of them were nouns. You no, know, um, I mean, like tree stump and orange sled. And I can see in color, you know, some people, you mm -hmm. know, that might be different purple boots, something like that. And Pickle's mom was on the call and we all went around and gave what we got. And I felt like crazy person. Cause I'm like, none of this is going to resonate. I just got words. And the turning point was when, you know, she said, okay. Cause I got something like purple boots, an image. She said, oh no, my daughter has a pair of purple boots that are sitting right now Aww. by the door. And he sees them every day. I was like, what? And it, it is like, you know, it, it's the motivator. And sometimes now when I have these full hour dialogues with animals, I'll hear words or phrases or a gut knowing. It's like, mm -hmm. I can't even tell you if I've seen an image. It's just a, a knowing of you've got a connection to like your mother's mother. There's something mm -hmm. here. There's a soul connection. It's just something that I feel. Um, and sometimes I will ask the animal, you know, is there anything that I need to know about your body? And I'll tune in and, and even those responses can vary. I don't always feel anything in my body. And so then that's mm -hmm. when I go to my hearing a word, femur bone, I heard one time. I don't, I'm not good with human anatomy. I don't know where all the organs and intestines, like I, I'm not a vet. I, I do not describe, you know, things from actual anatomy. It's kind of like, where in the body am I feeling something? And my job solely is to be the communicator here. It's to deliver the messages. It's not to solve an issue. It's solely mm -hmm. to be a channeling vessel of what it is that the animal is telling me and what is the message that needs to be heard um, by the human. And that can be interpreted in a variety of ways. Um, you know, if something might come to me and it makes no sense to me and I say it out loud and Cindy, I think I see you nodding. I was like, yes, this resonates. The human will say, oh, I know exactly what that means. You know, oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, that, that teapot in the kettle. Well, the dog, you know, was looking at the other day and it was making yeah. a noise. I'm making this up. But things like that will come through. Um, and that's why, you know, I think it's you've got to be so open minded when it comes to receiving these messages, because it's not always what you think you're going to hear or mm -hmm. you want to hear. <laughs> so, um, yeah, everybody's got their own style when it comes to this. But I am lucky and I'm fascinated by the combination of ways that messages can come through. It keeps me on my toes and it keeps me very focused in this work because I will tell you, there's nothing else I'm thinking about when I'm channeling. I can't. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, yeah. I'm so in tune with my body and what it is that is coming at me and I'm really listening. Um, and I love that. Every session is different. I also find too, that like when I'm working with animals, uh, the human, the owner, the guardian, whatever you want to call yourself, has one agenda. And sometimes that is mm -hmm. very different than what the pet or the animal <laughs> or the service needs. And sometimes like the owner's like, I need to talk about this. And I'm like, they don't care. They they yes. literally they're worried about this other <laughs> thing that may not seem like a big deal to you, but it's a big deal to them. Like, yes. I don't know, food or their play date or their best friend moved away or I don't know, whatever. So I I don't know. I just I felt like when you said you really can't interpret things, I also feel like you also can't go into it with animals with too much of an agenda because they are their own being, spirit, soul, and they have their own feelings and their own mm -hmm. agendas. Uh, so I think that's beautiful what you said, <clears throat> where you can't interpret. You just have to be open and just see what comes through. And I think mm -hmm. animals really require us to be present, like be in the moment, whether you're reading for them or hanging out with them or, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Well, and I think, and thank you for saying that about, you know, that what's sort of priority for the animal is totally different from what's priority from the human going into this. I, one of the cats I read who is in spirit, um, I, I, I knew the human to a level. It's not like I knew them really well. So I had no idea what this cat was going to say. And I asked that question. I said, is there anything that's really of a pressing concern for you? Is there something we need to know that needs to be changed in the house? And this cat showed me an image of literally cushions on the sofa falling in his face and I said okay I this is what I'm gonna say out loud I say absolutely everything I get again because I don't know if it's if it's gonna resonate with a human or me I it's just the message I get and um 
Jocko was the cat. Jocko's mom said, <laughs> oh my God, yes, they do. Like they're in the wonky position. I didn't really notice that at first. And at the end of the session, she said, I'm just surprised that his biggest concern wasn't his terminal illness. Well, Jocko oh. never brought up the terminal illness to me. Even when I asked, you know, is there anything about your body? He didn't bring it up because I think he knew, look, this is the path. This is what's meant to be. It's not like something he's trying to fix. It's not something that he's trying to change the course of. It just is what it was. And um, Jocko's mom walked away from that session. It, it's, it will always be one of my most meaningful and memorable sessions because Jocko ended up passing away a few weeks later. And she Aww. reached out to me and said, I just want you to know the things that came through in our session meant so much for us in making the decision um, mm. to what to do next, you know, for his life. And those are the reasons I have to remember this is why I do this work. Mm. It's to amplify the messages of something that may be quieter of a voice that we can't always think we can hear, but that mm -hmm. needs to be heard. Um, but yeah, I say that all the time as sort of like a, things to know the prereq before going into a session with me you just might not hear everything you want to hear and vice versa so yeah. exactly yeah. exactly and it it's so true that I don't know how to explain this eloquently but it just feels like even in like my own meditations like with Tosh or with my previous horse bishop and everything like I go in with wanting to like fix solve make it better heal blah blah, blah. and they are just like just, just, this is what it is. Like, it is what it is. I need this break or there's an, a different agenda or maybe there's something else happening behind the scenes that I'm not aware of. And I tried to fix it right then and there, then it wouldn't serve us in the long run or whatever. And it's just, they're so, I feel like at peace with the journey that they're on. Whereas as humans, I feel mm -hmm. like we're constantly in mm -hmm. do fix heal agen mm -hmm. agendas, you know? And it's just, it's just such a different way of like being in the world. And like, and what if we were more like them? I sometimes feel like, what if we were less stressed and we're less, we're mm -hmm. fixing everything and worrying about every little thing and just sort of we're able to be present more. How would our lives be different? You yeah. Know? Simplicity and in the moment for sure. Mm -hmm. um, my mentor, Nikki, the other day said something like um, on the intuition front, because animals have such strong intuition light years ahead of us, I think, because they don't have the layers of stuff, right? The everyday, mm -hmm. the things of the email and the go, go, go and the fixing mentality. And she said, you know, imagine if like you were, if all of that was stripped away, how easy it would be to just tell, boom, intuition lights up and there's your, your message. I'm kind of jealous of animals actually, because they don't have to deal with all those <laughs> other layers of, of things. No like outside that. pressure. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, wait, can we take a moment to talk about the reading you did for Tosh? I mean, yes. like way back because it was so funny. So you were talking about like things that I remember. So, okay. I asked Katie to do one. This was like, this was when we were moving, so, but this is when Tosh was moving. So I moved early. I think this must've been like August, maybe. Cause like that's when he moved out here. Yeah. Yes. Like okay. So I, I think unbeknownst to you, he was moving. Like I knew he was moving. And I, I had like just around the time that we were like talking about having you do a reading for him. I had like finally made a decision on where to put him because out here I'm so fortunate. There's like a million barns that are like all phenomenal and amazing. It's like, how do you choose? So I had finally like picked one unbeknownst to you and you were talking to him in the interim and you sent me the recording file. And on the morning, I remember this video, like, it was like a Sunday morning or something or Monday. And I didn't have time to listen to it because I was doing something till like later in the evening. And in that time, some information came through. So I'm going to try and make this succinct and so it sounds right. But <laughs> you said in the recording, Tosh, the three things I remember were Tosh was talking about coming out there. He was okay with the move. And he said someone with long blonde hair was going to be driving him out there. And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, you know, I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. And then you also talked about how he shares his treats, like he shares his food, which is yeah. a big deal for him. And then you talked about the what what are called drawings in the equestrian community. They're essentially a training tool that goes through the bit 
and uh, hooks underneath or in between their legs, which is what he was showing you. And don't come at me, equestrian people. Okay. Like, well, yes, and I use draw reins. I didn't know anything about horses. So I, so sure. I'm like describing all, I'm like, I don't know a ropey thing that goes between my legs. Like, I don't know the lingo. I'm like, this yeah. is just the thing that's coming through. So. Yeah. They're called draw reins. Don't come at me, everyone. He's a baby. And sometimes we need training tools. So we use them. Okay. Anyway, so long story short, I'm listening, recording. And in that time in the afternoon, my new trainer had offered to go and pick him up and like trailer him. And I, that was not the original plan of how he would come out here. I had another ride booked for him from Chicago to New York. So they ended up bringing, well, she has long blonde hair and she literally drove the truck. Like they traded on and off between her and the other guy that went with her. And they literally drove straight like 12 hours there, stayed overnight, picked him up, drove 12, 13 hours back. And like, I was like, oh my God, did not. And I did not know, like when you talk to him, I didn't know that she was going to be driving him here. Like it had happened in the interim of when you did the reading to when I listened to it. So like Tosh knew, which was wild, crazy. And then the second thing with his treats is I always, when I give him a treat, I give his friends a treat through the wall or through like the doors. So he shares. So I always am like, you have to share your treats. I'm like, share with your bestie, share with your bestie. So it's so funny that he brought that up because that's probably not what a lot of horse owners do is like sharing treats all the time. And then the draw reins. Yeah. The place where I'm at, like is they work a lot of young horses and he does need them sometimes, not every day, but they're a really strong training aid. And it does help him, but you didn't know anything about horses. And also I had not been using them prior to moving him out here, but now we use them at least once, twice a week. We use them a lot. So I was just like mind blown. And by the way, Tosh didn't like, like, I didn't know these things. It's not like you were like picking up on me or like, I told Tosh, like, this is what we're doing. And then he mm -hmm. told you, this is stuff that he just somehow knew, like, mm -hmm. It just, it blew my mind. Cause it's not, like I said, it's not like it's stuff that I was telling him and he relayed to you. These are things that hadn't happened yet that he was talking about, which is just mind blowing. And it, it blows just, my mind too. It really does. Every time I do a session and I get feedback from the human of like, oh my God, you know, the timing of this. And I'll say sometimes because, you know, I'm, I'm relatively early ish in this journey and it's important for me that I, when I get feedback, it's like, you know, I'm the human. I want the feedback right away. I want to know what did I get that resonated? And so I knew, you know, Cindy, when you said I couldn't listen to it right away, I was like, okay, just brace yourself. Like it might be a week. It might be a week. Well, it wasn't, it was the next day. And I just think it is so, it is fascinating to me when the human is meant to listen to the recording of the session or when the session takes place is actually when it, it's all in divine timing. It just doesn't even make sense in my human head either, because, you know, like you said, Cindy, in that time, the chain, the plans completely changed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that he was just telling right. me that it was like a gut feeling for me. I'm like, this is related to the transport. I'm seeing yeah. him something with a trailer, a woman, a long blonde hair, the ponytail. I'm doubting myself the entire time, by the way, that I'm speaking into like the recording and about to send it to you. Cause I'm like, is, am I just making this up? That was, you know, the phase I was in in August is. I hope this is true, but I felt so safe practicing with you, Cindy, because yeah. you you know this work, like the back of your hand and like the back of your, you know, intuition. Um, but it, it's one of my favorite sessions, yeah, that I did with Tosh oh, and, and the carrots so being shared. Oh, yeah. Said, I think he said, he told me something like, oh, and like, uh, I'm the kind of guy who would actually share with my friends. And here is Cindy saying, no, I tell him. Like, yeah, <laughs> like we're shared. We share with our besties. We share. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, he's so, he's so special. And I just, I think it just, it just reinforces the, not that I need validations either myself, but just reinforces like there's something invisible that is tangible at the same time. Like, that's what I love about like the work that you're doing. It takes something that, you know, an owner or like someone who can feel and sense and know, and it makes it tangible. It's like a stranger telling you something that you know, deep in your heart. And it's bringing that invisible world visible, the unseen scene. And I just, I love that part of this work. I just think it's so cool. And not to mention, I was like having severe anxiety about moving him. Like I was just like, did I pick the right place? Is, this, is he going to be happy? Like, is he going to make it? Is he going to be safe? Like I was having severe, like it was insane. And I was like, I have to just pick a place and get him here because I can't this, I have to, I'm moving. Like I already moved. Like I'm, I live here. And so it was just very comforting for me too, to know that like, as that stuff happened, I was like, oh yeah, this is, he knew this was coming and he's okay with it. He's okay with it. 
And my dog's name ended up being on the door, Tony. I think oh I talked about in the pod. Oh my gosh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, when I moved, when he moved in, the stall that I took a picture of, it, I should post it. The stall that he moved into, the previous horse that had been in there was named Tony. And they called, it was actually a pony. So they called her Tony Pony. Well, that was what we used to call my dog who passed Tony Pony. Like we literally called him Pones, like as a n- nickname. And I couldn't, I was like of all the stalls and all the names mm-hmm. in all the world. I was, I like still have chills talking about it. I'm like, oh my God, Tony Pony. He was, and they share the same birthstone. They're both Aries, him and Tosh. So like, there's a lot of like, they both have a T name. So like they're. Wait, they're, was that the dog that came through at the end of the reading, Cindy? Do you remember? Uh, there was, like, no, that was a black. Oh, the different dog. That's okay. Lucy. That was a different dog. I remember her. Okay. No, that was a different dog. Lucy's great too. Love her. But Tony's the one who I was like really close with that passed uh, a few years ago. Um, so yeah, it's just, you can't make this stuff up. You can't make it up. Yeah. And it continues to blow my my brain open every time I get one of those synchronicities. I'm like, oh my God, it wasn't a mistake. No, it was really meant to be. You just Your brain can just be so set in one way. And that's yeah. something that I've struggled with, you know, in this transition, you know, from doing a job that is very oh, uh I was just going to ask you that question next. It's like, our, I'm sure our community would love to hear, our listeners oh. would love to hear about your transition from the corporate world or, mm-hmm. you know, regular job to this kind of work because- we have a lot of people that are also wanting to do their own thing, even if it's not a spiritual thing, but they're transitioning from a typical day job to working for themselves or doing something spiritual. So I'd love yeah. to hear how that's going. Well, I'm, I feeling. will say like, it really, it kind of put me at ease when you just said just now, like you make an intangible tangible, because that is one of the things that I struggled with is I spent um, 14 years in the humanitarian disaster relief industry. Mm-hmm. Um, for a very large uh, nonprofit, um, doing a lot of deploying nationally and internationally on the ground. And my job largely was to tell stories of the survivors um, uh, Mm -hmm. and to work with the news media to generate compelling content, telling what was happening on the ground, how other people have helped. Um, And the more I've sort of seen this transition take place, you know, it was off and on for a long time. It wasn't like one disaster straight through. So it was a little bit here, a little bit there with some breathing room in between, thank goodness. Um, But the one reason of many that I loved that work was that I really got to amplify the voices. I mean, this has just become clear to me in the last year that we're not Mm -hmm. really heard as much. It's like the quieter undertones of stories that were not told maybe on the 5 p.m. nightly news or the ones flying around on social media. Um, and I love that work dearly. Uh, and I see now I cross over of, wait a second, what I'm doing now is also amplifying voices of animals that are not always heard or not always respected. So that's been interesting. But yeah, that transition, um, it's really weird to go from something that something everybody understands, like the back of their hand. It's like humanitarian aid is like the most tangible thing. It's food, water, mm-hmm. shelter emotional support. I mean, people get that stuff, right? It's not like a abstract concept. Um, And it has been a little bit of like this hesitancy of coming out and talking about this work because there are plenty of people out there that don't understand it, that aren't really into it, that are skeptical. And I have been gotten to a place now where I'm more and more and more okay with that every day because one of my favorite quotes that I listened to on a podcast, uh, Glennon Doyle's We Can Do Hard Things. I don't know if anybody listens to it. She had Tracy Ellis Ross on recently. And Tracy mm-hmm. said something like, I still want to be everybody's cup of tea. I mean, Diana Ross's mm-hmm. daughter still struggles with people pleasing. And I do too. I mean, like, I don't know one person that is like, oh, I'm totally not a people pleaser. We all, I feel like, have a little bit of that to a degree. And her friend said, Tracy, do you realize if you were everybody's cup of tea, you'd be the weakest ass tea ever. You would be water. And some people don't even like water. And I'm like, oh my God, I love it. It's just, you're never going to please everybody. And so, you know, I'd rather be like the earthy masala chai with a stream of oat milk and some cinnamon on top. You know, it's just like, you got to do what's right for you. And so this work has really been helpful in building my confidence. It's been really helpful in listening to the intuition and trusting it and trusting myself um and sort of that validation that I was so used to getting in an industry that I knew so so well and that quite frankly I was I was good at it and I knew it I mean you can do it you're in that comfort zone people come to respect you for it and you're like Mm -hmm. yes this is something I got down 
and to start a whole new journey. You know, I'm 34 years old uh, and I'm always trying new things, following curiosities. So, you know, I'll probably forever be doing that. But for me, this has been really eye-opening and building sort of what is it going to be for the life that I want to live in a courageous, authentic manner and do it for me and the reasons that are important to me rather than important to everybody else telling me what I should be doing. Um, but it is, yeah, that's one of the reasons I reached out to Cindy, you know, when I started to get serious in this, I'm like, yo girl, I need to talk to you. Can we just have like a real come to Jesus about like what it's like to like start and dabble in this work coming from a place that is sort of mainstream to something that is not really mainstream. Um, but it, you know, you got to use your discernment too and in, in who you open up to and talk to you about this work and maybe not waste your energy if if something to text, you know, don't waste, but yeah. For sure. It's, it's definitely, and I'll say it's never, I don't say it's never ending. Cause that sounds like horrible, but it's still a journey. Like even, mm-hmm. you know, opening up to new people or new cities or new types of work or doing groups. Like right now, I think you're doing mostly individual, but what if you read for like a group or you did went to like a dog park and like did a thing with people, you know, who knows what the, the sky's limits for you. Right. So I think each thing that you open up to that's new or that you become curious about brings a new layer of like feeling judged or worrying or whatever. And I think that's true for any industry, whether it's PR or spiritual or, you know, yoga, wellness, whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, like you said, we're all kind of like in this mode, kind of figuring it out, but I'm really proud of you. Cause it's not easy. Oh. To like say it, put it out there, give yourself a new identity or label. Like we were talking in the beginning, I'm like, what should I call you? And you're like, well, I'd like to be this, this, this. And one day I'll own this other new fun label. And I get that. I totally get that. Um, but yeah, I think you're well on your way. I'm excited you. for your journey. Well, and I think one of the most surprising things that's come out of just being more open about this in a public arena is some people coming to me and saying sort of, you know, behind the scenes, like, me too. Like I also mm-hmm. am an intuitive, but I don't talk about it. Or, you know, I've, I've been like curious about this work and I'm afraid to speak about it in some of my social circles. It's really, I mean, and then, you know, it's like, wow, this whole newfound level of connection to somebody that I've maybe known for years and had no idea this was something that interested them or that they could do. Um, so that's been a fun, a fun sort of result of dabbling into this. And I will say strengthening relationships that that I have come full circle back to that I maybe knew a couple of years ago. Um, you know, other mediums, Cindy, you are invaluable to me. And um, I have another medium friend named uh, Mindy Needy, who also I met through Rebecca. Rebecca is such a connector. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of these sort of, I call them like soul sisterships have come full fledged um, just because you need that reminder if you're doing really new work that can sort of put you on your toes and, make you a little hesitant and, um, you know, a little vulnerable. You need the people around you who will be there to support you and urge you on and cheer you on. Um, that's really, the community effect has been really important for me. Um, and I'm lucky, I'm lucky, but everybody deserves that. Yeah. I think as you, we've talked about this, I think on the pod before, of like when you start speaking your truth, then your people show up. I work with a lot of clients mm-hmm. that are like, I'm looking for community. Like I'm in the middle of transitioning. And I'm like, it's coming like that, that transition time is usually a period where some of the people that you used to really resonate with or get along with just might not be going forward or might not be part of this growth phase for you, but there'll be others coming in. There's other, the more you speak your truth, the more you talk about it, the more people are gonna be able to find you and hear you and, and then be able to celebrate with you in that same way. So amen yeah. to that. I need to, rem- I need to like make a giant post-it and put that on my wall just as a constant reminder. Don't forget. Don't forget. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, anything, Allie, anything else or anything else, Katie, you wanted to share or talk about that we didn't discuss? I do have a couple of other like very basic questions um, that I think people like me who listen will be interested in. So Cindy and I have talked about this before um, and we touched on this a little bit that animals are so intuitive. They are so connected to the other side. Um, and I will never forget when I was really, really, really at my sickest, my dog Wrigley, who came, who was before Scout used to, or was it Scout when he first came home after training that used to bark in the corner of my room? 
all the time. And Scout, my service dog, is trained not to bark. So I used to bark in the corner of my room, just little like rough. And you were kind of like, what are you looking at? What are you doing? And um, it was Casey visiting. Oh. And that, I think it was Scout. That's what he was saying. I think it was Scout. Yeah. But I'm curious to know, like, if you have any insight on the spiritual world or like how our animals or like our dogs live, I guess, on earth, like, are they seeing and feeling different things than we are because they're not so like caught up in day-to-day life and like the outside, like Cindy and I once again, I've talked about some podcasts before that like everybody's born right with these gifts, with intuition, with these abilities. It's like, we see things when we're little, we hear things when we're little, but then you have all of these outside sources telling you like, no, you don't, or like, you know, stop playing pretend or like whatever it is. And it's like, well, in reality, you know, we all have these gifts and we just learn to shut them down yeah. over time. Cause we're told it's not normal or it's not real or it's scary. Um, but animals don't have that. So like for them, are they experiencing the world? Obviously they're experiencing it differently, but like, I guess, what does that look like for them in connection with like the other side and like day-to-day life? Boy, I'm learning that all the time. Um, what that looks like. And I will say, when you said your dog was barking in the corner, it reminded me of something my dog used to do also. Yeah. It scared me because you, there's nothing there that we can see with the human eye. And Ferguson, yeah. I don't know if your sort is just doing what Ferguson sees, like a hesitancy, like backing up or just like a, a foot. I don't know. Yeah. But I'd never seen him in that state before. And that was a seed planted in my brain of, wait a second, no, they do have they have the uh, extra layers of senses that are so innate to them. Um, And I, you know, I think if we talk in another year, I'll be able to maybe describe how this works. Maybe not because I wish I knew. I wish I knew exactly how it happened. I think it is a miracle that the way that the messages come in for me being so fast and so surprising um oftentimes you know I'll know it's a message from an animal because it seems like something my brain can never make up yeah what that's out of left field and it is it just is always surprising to me how animals they'll they will get the message across however they need to get it across if it's something important for them they will get it across whether it's you know a sound a scent an image, a word, um, a phrase, but I think, you know, animals are there to help us learn. That's my philosophy. Um, whether or not you do the telepathic work with them or not, I think you hit something on the head, Allie, is what, you know, you just start paying attention to them and you start seeing the cues and they have a way of teaching you something as simple as patience Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. being your natural true self is often enough you don't need to Mm -hmm. impress um you know I think we can all identify with the feeling of walking in through the door and having your animal there and being just so overwhelmingly happy to see you and all you did was walk in the door you didn't have to say anything you didn't have to put on a performance or act um and I I really wish that everybody could see them as I see them as a completely spiritual layer on this earth, no matter what. Um, Mm -hmm. And yet I know that pets aren't for everyone. Right. And that's okay. That's okay. And I don't think we need pets to be able to look outside and see a bird and just be taken like a few notches down in our anxiety and wonder, "Hmm, Mm -hmm. why was that? But um, I'll say like the, they, the animals threat when they've crossed over to, to the other side, One of my favorite ways that they come to me, well, I'll speak in terms of my personal life, that Ferguson came to me before I even dabbled in sessions at all, learned the skill, was through dreams. Mm -hmm. Three days after he had died, he came and visited me in a dream. And he said, mom, look, my legs can work again. And the image was him running around like he used to do when he was littler, Mm -hmm. when he was six, in like a grassy area, that dopey little smile on his face and his his ears back and his tail's going in the middle of the night. And and I just go, oh, thank God, you know. Um, And he gave me some other signs and pieces of advice. Animals always have advice for us. Um, 
But I think that's one way that we can continue to sort of tune in. I mean, even if you're not doing animal communication sessions, just see what comes through in your dreams. Because Cindy, I know this is something that you talk about, right? It's like the veil is so thin. Often that's how messages can get through with us. I swear to God, you're hearing my brain because I was going (laughs) to offer something. It's a little woo-woo. So if you're just, just everyone bear with me for a second. But I read this story. There's this like, you know, I don't know, ancient story about how the veil came to be. And previously on earth, animals, cats, dogs, horses, birds, human, you know, and humans all used to come together on like, and even I would say like fairies and unicorns, if you believe it, all that stuff, right. All used to come together on this council. And when the humans got greedy, cause you know, I mean, hello, they're human. Mm-hmm. Um, and they started thinking that they were in Bob or they should be running it or whatever. That's when the, everyone else on the council, all these spiritual beings and animals decided that the veil needed to be that to protect them from the greed of the humans. But when the veil was being like sad or when that was being like um, determined, cats, dogs, and horses agreed to stay behind with humans to be able to help us cross between the veil, between the seen and the unseen. And that's why I believe that cats and dogs and horses are so intuitive and to Allie's original question can see and sense spirit because it's part of their like original contract is they agreed to stay on earth to help us because the rest of the creatures all decided to hide. Mm -hmm. Not that they're hiding, but they're behind the veil. And if we even like parallel law or parallel like um, dimensions or whatever, that's essentially where they exist. So we can't see them, but you know, theoretically they're there, but cats, dogs, horses, state. I mean, you could all say birds, any kind of like sentient being that you're very close to that can communicate back with you could be said to be one of the ones that agreed to stay behind. But that's why people are so drawn to those three animals and why they're so intuitive and why it's so great that we listen and connect with them. So I wanted to like just share that that's supposedly and the way if you want to wonder how they're seeing, you know, there's things like that. This has been proven in science, like the electromagnetic field. That's how it said that birds can, you know, um, migrate north and migrate south as they're supposedly following. You know, there's things and that's proven in science. There are things that we can't physically see with our eyes, but other creatures can. I kind of think that's how dogs and cats and maybe horses see a spirit in a room. It's like that electromagnetic field that is exists all around us like the wi-fi like the you know what i mean it's there we just can't see it but they can it's like a sixth or maybe a seventh sense i don't know that they can see it when someone's in the room or around so that's how i like to describe it in a oh i love that simple way i'm gonna use i'm gonna save that for a piece of trivia later okay cool that's really awesome that is neat i like that a lot I will say, you know, I think Cindy Tosh was the first horse that I read. I read Mm. maybe four now. And they're one of my favorites because they always have something to say. The horses I read are very chatty and I love a good chatty animal. Yes. Um, But I think. And and they feel so much. Not that dogs and cats don't, but I just think that they, they're so intuitive and they're just such big creature and they just, they, they feel just everything. Mm. Not that, again, not that dogs and cats don't, but they're, it's just like a different, I don't know, they're very complex, kind of like a human, so. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, sometimes this is something that still baffles me is, I don't know if it's whether animals can predict the future or they just know what's going to happen in the future. Does Tasha ever do something, you know, like, I don't know, you, you connect with him in many ways, I'm sure, but a, a horse I recently read, you know, I'd asked about the body. I said, anything you need about the body? He lifted up his front left foot, his front left foot. Uh, mm-hmm. And I told this to the human and she said, okay, you know, I'll check on it. And it wasn't until a week later that she said, oh no, now his front left foot is sore. And it's for the reasons that you mentioned, the mud and the rain and the, you know, conditions. Um, but it's still, I don't know, the seventh sense is there in some ways or they, they're, I don't know how that works yet. Again, I'm just the messenger, but I think it is, it's a reminder for us of the level of respect and dignity and like being on the same mm-hmm. loving field that instead of talking down right mm-hmm. to animals or like treating like their potato brains or whatever people nickname their dog, like they know, they can read the image in your head of what you're saying. Like you call them a potato brain. Guess what? Do you want to be called a potato brain? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Just be careful people with the words that you're using and, and how you, how you, uh, you know, treat, treat your beloveds, whether they have skin or tail or hair or four legs or two 
Meanwhile, I talk to Scout and I'm like, you are my sweet angel baby. And he's probably like, please stop. Like, please. And that I'm literally leaving <laughs> you. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to do it anyway. Because I like I it. know. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible. It, it is. I mean, they really are like, I don't know. To me, our animals are on like the same pedestal as humans. And like, they really do become like one of the me- like loves of your life you know and I anyone who wants that like I hope that they get to experience that because I really it sounds like so mushy but it really is just so special it's true so. it's soulmate ship um yeah you can have oh, yes. soulmate you can have soul well you can have soul and you can have soul contracts with pets like I I know a lot of pets that well like your example you moved and then he passed right a lot of times pets mm-hmm. are with us for a certain um experience in our life or for a certain like situation like um like I said Tony was with me literally the dog that passed literally from what we got him when I graduated college and he died right after I quit my job to go Mm full-time spiritual and I said that he was here to help me through the spiritual like to get me to that level Mm -hmm. of embracing and working for myself and doing the spiritual work and then he literally passed within weeks like within or maybe it was like two months of that so they're usually they'll here. Before. They'll continue to guide you oh. on the other side. Like 1,000 percent. Yeah. 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 So See, that's how like Ferguson is just keep making sure to drop signs. Like, no, mom, mm-hmm. just making sure you're still practicing these sessions. Cause oh. you know, yeah. he did. And that's how I thought it's like, it was like yeah. a series of serendipitous events and a book yeah. that showed up in his bookstore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to even be at on sale oh. front and center. And I'm like, oh my God, it like, wasn't even a new book. It was from, like 20 be. years ago meant to be so meant you know to be. and meant I think we we question so many times like oh the plan didn't go according to plan well, yeah was that the original plan I don't know it's Maybe hard to remember it's not in your head yeah we have no idea what the original plan is like <laughs> in reality you know uh-huh our, our guides it's the know. universe it's yeah our brains want to know but we we have no idea yeah, trust the stepping stones, right? Even if they yes. seem weird, they'll probably lead you something yes. better than your original plan anyway. Exactly. We Our brains limit us when they're trying to make us more expansive. You know, mm-hmm. it's like in reality. Sometimes it doesn't make sense until it does. Um, Amen to that. This was so cool. I'm obsessed with you now. Um, how do people find you <laughs> online? Mm. Well, I, um, they're welcome to follow me on Instagram. I'm probably, that's the platform I'm most active on on social media. Um, my handle is at K-C-W-I-L-K-E-S. Last name is Wilkes. Um, I also, I often write about my animal communication journey in my blog, uh, all different kinds of aspects, what it's like for me to go through this. Sometimes I'll talk about certain sessions and, and things that are just blowing my world <laughs> wide open. And, um, I'm a writer as well. I, I'm working on a couple of writing projects. And so that is sort of my place that I love to share what's going on in my world. Mm-hmm. So that is the Deep End blog. And you can go to deependblog.com and see what whatever is fascinating me the most is what I is what I write about that month. So um, I love, love it. To, yeah, I would love to, um, you know, connect with people there too. And it's free. You don't have to pay for a subscription or anything. So come on over. I'd love to, I'd love to keep the conversation going. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun and very enlightening and just, (laughs) I don't know. It was cool. It was like, I love starting out the week with our podcast. I don't know. It's just like such a good, because by the way, we're recording on a Monday in case people are wondering what I'm talking about. I know it's a great start to my week, whatever day of the week they're listening to. I hope it is a bad day. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking the time. Mm -hmm really appreciate you I'm excited. both of your energy is infectious and I only like people with great infectious energy so <laughs> thank you for allowing me to to hang out for an hour and chat all things spiritual animal communication goodness and life let's be honest and life yes life all the things and if any listeners have any questions for Katie I will link her Instagram and her blog so you can send her a dm um and yeah this was so fun thank you for everything and we will see you next time guys bye bye